Okay, we're in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, just for a minute. We're starting this new series called Making the Most of What You Have. Making the Most of What You Have. Okay, so uh, um, last week um, we talked about Resurrection Sunday and about how we respond to the goodness of what God's done, about what God's given us. And so we want to jump into this little series for the next few m- months maybe, just looking at what God ha- has given and entrusted to us and how we use it, how we steward it, how we make the most of it, uh, because actually we, we are called to be people who use what God has put into our hands and see ourselves in that context. Let me just read uh, a few verses from verse 15 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. Have I mentioned Ephesians already? Okay. I'm following my pattern. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great verse to finish on. Always giving thanks to the Lord, uh, our God and Father, for everything. For everything. Man alive, what a verse. See, see, following Jesus is not about ourselves. It's about Him and His kingdom. Following Christ is not about, hey, if I follow Jesus, everything goes great for me, and I'm a happy bunny. No, following Jesus is about, how do I use my life to serve the purposes of God in this world and what he's called us to be? And so I love this verse, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. In other words, God has called us to use the, world, the, the life that he's given us to, to do the best that we can for his purpose and his kingdom in our lives. And it's a stewardship responsibility. It's something that we have to take on in our lives. It's an important responsibility. It's an important biblical principle that the life and everything within it that God has given us, our gifts, our abilities, our resources, and our opportunities, we have to invest not just for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God and his purposes in our lives. That we are servants of God. You know, it's great to be a servant, isn't it? And tell someone treats you like one. It's great to, to think of ourselves, oh yeah, I'm a servant of the Lord. Really? Really? Okay. See, see, it's funny, isn't it? Somebody says something to us and all of a sudden we don't like what they say. How servant-oriented how servant are we? It's hard, isn't it? Some people have said the most outrageous things to me when I've been a pastor for 25 years. Unbelievable things. Things that before I was saved, I'd have lamped them. (laughs) And said, God bless you. Bang. (laughs) Just because people can be rude. But you see, they said the same thing to Jesus. And he said, if they hit you on one cheek, turn the other. Well, not many amens for that verse. (laughs) Only Jim, and he doesn't count really. He says amen to everything. Come on. (laughs) We've got to be people who say, you know, oh, come on, we, we take it on board. See, to follow Jesus means that we have to recognize every aspect of our lives is surrendered to him. And we're going to look at some of these key areas of what it means to surrender our life to the Lord, what it means to be entrusted with him. So I want you to turn with me, because that wasn't really the reading, um, to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read a few verses. 
I'm just really setting the scene about stewardship this morning. The parable of the bags of gold, the NIV says. The AV will say parable of the talents, but the bags of gold is what we're talking about. Verse 14 of Matthew 25. It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag each according to his ability, and then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will come and put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. Here is what belongs to you. His servant replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And all God's people said, I don't like that verse. (laughs) Amazing, isn't it? I'll tell you what, friends. The things that Jesus said are some of the most startling things in the world. The thing that Jesus said are some of the most difficult things for us to face and come accountable to. They, they, they penetrate into our lives. And so Jesus comes and he says, listen, if you're going to live uh, for me, if you're going to be entrusted, then actually you're going to have to be a steward of what I've given you. And this whole parable is about, this, about making the most of what God has given us, making the most of what we have received from God. I want to try and unpack just some of these key principles about stewardship today, and then we'll get, get into it. Firstly, God has has entrusted you with his wealth. Isn't that amazing? It says there uh, in verse 14, it was like being a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. He entrusted what he had and he gave it to the people. What an amazing picture. See, see, stewardship is about God investing some of what he has in our lives. It's a different way of looking at life. It's, it's, it's not about what we have. It's about what God has given us. It's about what God has put into our lives and our situations. And uh, it starts by recognizing that what we have to use and invest is not ours, but God's. Hello. It's not ours, but it's God. It's not what we have, but it's what God has given to us. And when we have that perspective, it's a different way to look at what we have. See, the Bible says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. The Bible tells us that everything belongs to God. Who's going to dispute with him? 
Everything that we have, everything that we build, everything that we do, everything that we have and the ability to do, it all comes as a gift from God. It's from Him, our Creator, and it's His. We only have stewardship over it for a period of time. Who of us, you see, see when they used to bury the old kings in Egypt and in parts of China, they used to bury them with everything, didn't they? But what happened was people broke into the tomb and stole it because the dead can't use it. Because they can't take it with you. That's what my mother used to say to me. You can't take it with you, Dave. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't go. See, you only have it for this period of your life. It only have it. It's yours to use, but it's not yours forever. So here's the challenge to us. We have to start to live as if it isn't ours, but it's the Lord's. We have to recognize that what we have is not about our ownership of it, but, but it's about how we can use it for the kingdom of God. You see, you have a different attitude. If you think of everything as yours, you have a different mentality. You think of yourself as an owner, not a steward. Hey, this is a big thing, isn't it? Hello? Because even now, some of you are thinking about stuff you own that you think, well, I'm, I'm in charge of that, thanks very much. Might be a car, might be a house, might be your whatever it is. What I want to say to you is that actually we've got to understand that we're stewards of what God has given to us. It's not ours. And we have to understand that and put that into our lives if we're going to live for him. See, otherwise what happens is we have an attitude that says, well, I've given my offering to the Lord, therefore everything else is mine. I've done my bit in the welcome team, therefore all the rest of the time, is mine. It's an ownership mentality, not a stewardship mentality. Because if we think of ourselves as stewards, then if I put my tithe in and the Lord then says to me, why don't you give some money to that person? I don't go, well, actually, I've given you the bit that yours, Lord. Actually, no, it's, I'm a steward of what God's given me, so therefore I can give. And it's a challenging thing, isn't it? Or is it just me that finds it challenging? Because it penetrates really into what faith is all about. Because you've got to believe God and have faith in him to see yourself as a steward, not an owner. And so God comes to us and says, you know, actually, he's given us out of his wealth. God has entrusted you with wealth. Now, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about everything that we have. I'm talking about your gifts and abilities, your passions and resources, your character, your intellect. It's all a gift from him. He's made you just as you are. The Bible says to us in Ephesians chapter 2, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, God has invested something of his wealth in who you are. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe look at the person beside you and say, God's invested some of his wealth in you. Amen. Do you know what I mean? It's an amazing thing. And it reminds us that actually God has created us beyond ourselves. That actually some of the character and nature and purpose of God rests in each one of us. Friends, we need to understand that and remember that because we are stewarding his character in us. I'm going to talk about that. One of the, one of the sermons will be about character how we steward the character that God has given us. Because that's important, isn't it? Because actually it's not just about us being free to do whatever we like and saying, oh, uh, it's easy to ask forgiveness. No, it's about understanding that God's created us in different ways. And so we need to challenge our thinking. How can I invest my life using the wealth that God has put in me? Again, I'm not talking about money. Not just I'm talking about our abilities, our resources. 
our time, our opportunities? How do we steward the gift of God in us and for his purpose and his kingdom? Stewards understand that what they have been given to them is for them to use for the purpose of the master, not for themselves. I just want you to think about it. You see, today's world, it's complicated, isn't it? Because we live in a world that is consumed with self. And it's all about what you can have and what you can do and what you can make out of it and how you can develop it and how you can use it and make it work for you. And therefore, when we come to the scriptures and it says, hold on, actually, it's not about you. It's, we have to stop and pause for a moment because we can't automatically assume we live as stewards. Because what's built deep into us is the attitude of ownership, not the attitude of stewardship. And so when God's word comes and says, I want you to uh, think about how you spend your time, we instantly get defensive because we say, well, actually, Lord, I've given you that time. Don't ask for more of my time. Hello, anybody? Just me. Or I say, Lord, I've, I've given you that, that part of my servanthood. Don't ask for anything else, Lord. Don't ask me to sacrifice too much, God, because I, I, I'm quite happy like this. And the Lord says, actually, you're, you're a servant, Dave. What does it matter if, if, you, if you suffer as a servant? What matters is actually that I'm with you and you're serving my purpose. God has entrusted you with his wealth. What is stewardship like, like for you when you think about that, about what you have? I always, find, I always find these sermons funny. You know, there's not that many kind of amens in a sermon like this, is there? You know, Lazarus come out of the tomb. Oh, amen, everybody's happy. Do you know what I mean? Steward your life. It's a bit more difficult, isn't it? It's a bit more penetrating. But actually, it's such an important principle to get right in how we follow Jesus. Because if we don't get this right, everything else becomes a struggle because we're always fighting the master. We're always saying, well, Lord, you've given me that, and I'll take that, but this is mine. And actually, what we need to say is, Lord, I surrender it to you. Jesus said that, didn't he? If anybody would come after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me so that we would walk after him. Second point is this. We're not responsible for what we have, but we are responsible for what we do with it. In other words, listen, you can't determine necessarily what God gifts to you with. You can't determine your place in life. You can't determine what happens to you. You can't determine the resources that you have. You can't decide if you're going to be born into a millionaire's family. If we could, we'd all do that one, wouldn't we? You can't decide whether you're going to have five bags or two bags or one bag. That's not your call. That's God's call. And here's the amazing thing, is God decides where you will be born. The Bible says it. He says he gives them the gifts each according to their ability. Now, what's he talking about? Is he saying some people deserve more than others? No, he's saying, listen, we're all different and God gives us the gifts that we need. The gifts that we're able to use, whatever the context is. Don't just think money here. Think about the gifting, the personality, the character, the opportunities. Because God recognizes that we're all different. And uh, he'll give us those things that are, are opportune for us. It's not about what we have. It's about what we do with what we have. So God wants you to take opportunities to use what he's given you. And it doesn't matter, friends, whether you've got five, two, or one bags of gold, or whatever it is. It doesn't matter whether you've got the gift of healing or the gift of encouragement. What matters is that you use it. Because some of the most great anointed healers were the least encouraging people you can meet. 
And some of the most encouraging people who, who maybe don't think of themselves as having a great gift actually are the most incredible people to be around because you always come around away from them feeling better about yourself. You come away feeling built up in God. You come away with faith. Why? Because they're exercising the gift. There's no point having the gift of encouragement if you've got a face like a plank. <laughs> not talking about anybody here. Not looking at anybody. It's about using it. It's about smiling, isn't it? It's about saying, actually, I want to use... See, we can all say I've got the gift of encouragement, but unless you smile at somebody and say, hi, how are you? It doesn't really matter much, does it? We can also have got the gift of tongues, but unless we speak in tongues, it doesn't really matter much. The gifts of the Spirit are not trophies to have in the cabinet. They're tools to use in life. So we need to start to recognize, actually, God's given me this gift. If God's given you the gift of an intellect, then use it. If he hasn't, pray for wisdom. That's what the Bible says. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask. Honestly, some of us don't have wisdom, do we? Let's be honest. I tell you what, I've made some stupid mistakes in my life. I'm not going to tell you what they are today. I can see you all waiting. You don't decide the gifts or the bags of gold that you get, but you do decide how you use it for the Lord. You might not know. See, there's no point asking yourself, I wonder if I'm a five-bag person or a two-bag person or a one-bag. Because some of us are thinking that, aren't we? Do you ever look at other people and think, oh, they've got five bags, I've just got one. I think we should name each other. Five bag Dave, one bag Matt. Come on, that, that works, doesn't it? This comparison thing. See, it's not about that, is it? It's not about how we treat one another. It's about how we use what God's given us. Honestly, Matt will be no more judged for what I've done. He'll be judged for what he's done with what God's given him. I won't be judged for what Matt does. I'll be judged for what God's given me. If God's given me one bag, I just have to make sure I use the bag. Judith's laughing at me now, going, stop going on about bags. <laughs> See, we're all different. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. In other words, God has made you a steward of what he's given you. The issue is not to say, I wish I had their gift. The issue is to say, what will I do with what God's given me? You can't decide what other people would do. Man alive, we always want to tell other people what to do. Have you noticed in the church, man, it's a disease. Everybody wants to say what other people should be doing. Shut up. (laughs) Do what you should be doing. Stop telling other people what they should be doing. God's going to tell them what to do. You keep quiet and do what you should do. Tell you what, we'd have fallen assassin in church. Okay, back away from that one, Dave. Come on, we do, don't we? We always like to tell everybody else, oh, well, yeah, yeah, they should be doing that. Oh, did you see? Friends, button it. What you need to say is, have I done what God's given me to do? And if you haven't, just get on with it. Don't, don't spend time telling everybody else what they should be doing. We are not responsible for what we have. In other words, it's not up to us whether we've got this gift or this gift. We just have to use the gifts we have. And here's the rub, friends, because he does come back and hold us accountable. It says, after a long time, the master returned and settled accounts with them. Wow. See, there's the interesting thing, friends. You are accountable and responsible for what you do with what God's given you. 
See, some people just have the very humble thing. Oh, I haven't really got any gifts. God's, no, no, God hasn't really put anything. Oh, I'm so insignificant, I couldn't really do anything for God. Rubbish! Because the Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that God's put his handiwork into your life. The question isn't how gifted you are. The question is what you will do with the gift that he's given you. What you will do with what he's deposited in you. What you will do. How you will steward what he's given you. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. Don't you hate that? I'd be sitting there with me one bag thinking, oh, I hate him. Why? Because I've been caught out. Because I haven't been accountable to what the Lord has given me. Because I can get more concerned about what I think of other people than I do about what God says. And all of a sudden, we're missing the purposes of God. We're not responsible whether I've got two bags or one bag, but I am responsible to use the bag that God has given to me, to put it to work in my life. The master came home and settled accounts. I want you to know the master will come and settle accounts, friends. He will. He'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? Wow. That's like one of the most fearsome scriptures, isn't it? God's going to come and say, what have we done with what he's given to us? Rick Warren, I remember in a quote, said, there are three ways, three things to do with your life. You can spend it, you can waste it, or you can invest it. I remember thinking, wow. You can just spend it on nothing, you can waste it doing nothing, or you can invest it in something that makes a difference in life. You can steward what God's given you. You can say, yes, Lord, I'm going to use what you've put into my life to make a difference for you. We forget this sometimes. The Lord asks what he has done. And he came to the servant with just one bag, and he says to him, what have you done? And, his mass, and he said, I knew you were a hard man. See, here's the deal. There's no evidence of that, really. He just says to him, oh, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, so I thought I'd do nothing. See, sometimes that's our response, isn't it? Oh God, it's, it's too hard. I'm just going to do nothing. I'll just, I'll just keep it here. I'll just keep that little gift of encouragement in me. I won't say anything. I'll just keep that little uh, testimony in my life. I won't tell anyone. I'll just, I'll just keep that money in my wallet. I won't give anything. Because I'm frightened that if I give it and use it, I might not get it back. If I frighten it, I'm, if I invest it, it might not turn into what I want it to do. So I'm going to do nothing. Just, just sit on it. And it was because of that reason that the master became angry. Because he'd given to the servants, according to their ability, the same thing. His wealth. And said, use it. Use it to do something good with. Use it to do something wonderful with. And he did nothing with it. The master was looking for a return. See, the book of Romans tells us this, isn't it? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it is encouraging, then encourage. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is giving, then give. If it is leading, do it diligently. If it is mercy, do it cheerfully. See, that's great, isn't it? Mercy, do it cheerfully. Next time you have to forgive someone, do it with a smile. Not, well, God tells me I have to forgive you, so you're off the hook. That's not cheerfully forgiving someone. It's stewarding what God's given you and saying, you know what, as I've received, I give. Bless you. I want what's best for you. Of course I forgive you. 
Because out of that heart comes the purposes of God. And here's the amazing thing, friends. And this is what maybe blows our mind. God doesn't tell us what he wants us to do with what he's given us. He leaves us to use it. How many of you know God trusts you enough to use what he's given you to make something wonderful happen for his kingdom? Isn't that amazing? See, if it was me, I'd be saying, now, this is what you do. You do this, 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 and this, and I'll check after three that it's going right. But God doesn't do that. He says, come on. It's not about, see, for God, it's not about the result. It's about the heart. It's not about what happens. You know, if that guy had tried to do something with his one bag and it all got, boy, God wouldn't mind. See, it's not about the result. It's about the spirit that says, I want to please. I'm your steward, Lord. I'll use it for your glory. I'll use it for your kingdom. I think God would, you know, prefer far more disasters in the church than people who just sit on their bags of gold. Hello. <laughs> Amen. That's fine as long as it's not on the uh, finance committee. Come on, we can get just so wrapped up. I'm not going to try anything because I don't want to get it wrong. I'm just going to hide my bag of gold and give it back to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, for this lovely bag of gold. I've looked after it. I've polished it every week for the last three years. It's yours. It's in lovely condition. But what have you done with it? Nothing. Hey, some of us have had spiritual gifts that we've just done exactly that with. When was the last time we used the word of prophecy? When was the last time we spoke out in faith? When was the last time we tried to speak a word of, of, of life to somebody? And we know the gift's there, but we just haven't done it because we don't feel in the right place. And so we do nothing with it because we feel like we're owners of the gift rather than stewards of the gift. Oh, amen, Dave, great point. One of my favorite sayings, the thing I heard when I was in India, I listened to T.D. Jake's interview. He said this, God never made a table or a chair. He made a tree and said, see what you can make with it. Wow. Tell you what, there's some wisdom in that, isn't there? See, God gave us gifts and said, how can you use this? See, I love that because God's given a creativity to the church and said, see what you can do with what you've got. See what you can do with the faith that you have. See what you can do with the gifts that you have. You can do anything with it. All I need to do is see that you take accountability, a responsibility to use what I've given you. Peter says, each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all its various forms. I love that, various forms. It means that we don't all have to do the same thing. We don't all have to look the same. We don't all have to talk the same. We can develop and manifest the grace of God. We can serve people with the gifts that God's put on us. And it's a multitude of ways because he's in us and with us. Finally, this morning, faithful stewardship is what God is looking for in our lives. It says there, uh, verse 23, 22, the man with two bags of gold came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See, finally, we need to understand that stewards are working for their master's happiness. They're working to please the Lord. Our lives are not about us. See, there, there is a terrible sickness in the church today that promotes self beyond the purposes of God. 
There is church that, that, that is more concerned with our contentment and our ease of life and that if we just believe God, everything will go well when Jesus clearly said that actually in this trouble you will have, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus never said that the purpose of following him was to be personally better off or personally more fulfilled in your career. He never said it, friends. You can't find it there. What you find is a calling from God to live for him in the middle of all that you go through and say, Lord, I am your servant. And when we steward our lives in such a way that whatever we're successful or unsuccessful, see, there's even that thing in us in the West, isn't it, that we just think that success is the sign of the blessing of God. Friends, most, most of the world, the church in the world, would not live under success in our terms. But they live under the faithfulness of stewarding what God's given them. We've seen pictures of people doing it in Africa today who've got nothing but who are making something happen with what they have. So we've got to say to ourselves, what are we doing with what we have? And so faithful stewardship is what God is looking for in our lives and through our lives, doing our best for us. There's a great verse, again, in Ephesians 5. I didn't have time to read it. It says, um, let me just kind of, uh, it says, find out what pleases the Lord. What a great verse. Find out what pleases the Lord. That actually we should use what we have to please him. And so as servants of the Lord, we're seeking to please him with our lives. There's a great rule of thumb for your life. If it pleases the Lord, you're free to do it. If it doesn't please the Lord, think about it. Are you acting as a steward or not? Are you acting as someone who is an owner or are you acting as someone who is stewarding what God has given you? Three things about stewardship. Faithful stewardship pleases God. Well done, good and faithful servant. God is pleased when we live for him in the whole of our lives. Faithful stewardship brings kingdom increase. It says, I've gained two more. See, faithful stewardship brings an increase, not necessarily in gold, but friends, in, in the purposes of God. It says, I've brought two more. There's an increase as we do what God has called us to do. It might not always be counted in uh, pounds, but it might be counted in people. And in situations and circumstances, because people have stepped out in faith and in life. Faithful stewardship brings reward. Come and share your master's happiness. See, could it be that when Jesus said, lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, he was talking about stewardship. He was saying, you need to use what you have to make a difference in eternity because that's where the real treasure is. Come and share your master's happiness. And it's an amazing thing to me that this servant was thrown out into the darkness. Why? For not taking his responsibility as a steward seriously. Had the same opportunity, had the same investment, but he refused to be a steward. He just wanted to live in it. Now, friends, I'm not trying to scare anybody today. You know what? That's not my job. But I do think we need to think about our lives as stewards of what God's given us. Rather than thinking of ourselves simply as owners and giving God back a bit. See, because if you believe it's God, see, there's a difference, isn't it? If I lend Matthew a thousand pounds, I say, Matthew, you can use that for a year, but I want it back, a bit of interest quite a lot of interest for Matthew. He's got a, he can use that money for anything he wants, but he knows, years time, I'm going to ask him back. Okay, can I have that money back? 
There's a stewardship. He's got to, he's got to be very different with that. He isn't going to go and buy an iPhone X with it, is he? Well, he might do. But he'll have to give that iPhone X to me at the end of next year. Do you know what I mean? If I say, here's a gift, Matthew, £1,000, anything you want, it's yours, mate. When he, when he got out of hospital from the heart attack he had, he would be free to spend it in any way he liked because it's a gift. He owns it. But, see, the Lord has given us stewardship. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. It's all his, friends. So I want to say to you today, are you living like a steward or are you living like an owner? Are you living like someone who is using what God has given you and saying, Lord, I'll use the talents that I have, the opportunities that I have, and we'll talk about them because he does give us them. He gives us amazing opportunities to do things. He gives us incredible investment in our lives. Friends, there's no doubt about it. He gives us resources to use. Five bags, two bags, one bag, they're ours. The issue is not what we get, it's what we do with it. And the Lord comes and looks for stewardship from us so that we can do what he's called us to do. I want you to think about how you can make the most of what you have in your life. Would the band come back, please? Recognize that God has given you some of his wealth. He has invested his abundance in you. He has created you with unique gifts and talents. He has entrusted you with his resources to use. Understand we're not responsible for what we have, but we are responsible for what we do with it. We don't decide what gifts we have. God does. But we do decide what we do with what God has given us. And faithful stewardship is what God looks for in us. Are you a steward or an owner? One of the most familiar verses of the Old Testament points us towards stewardship. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 10. Many of you will have it as your baptism verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and need not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Recognize that he is the owner of our lives. I wonder would you stand with me? So we've just tried to give you that sense really of uh, making the most of what you have. We're going to talk a little bit about it over the next few weeks. We'll deal with the issue of finance. That'll be one of them. Deal with the issue of gifts and all kinds of things. But today is really just the introduction. How do you think about yourself? Are you a steward of what God's given you? Or are you still trying to fight him for ownership of your life? Maybe this morning here you're not a Christian. The greatest wealth that God has for you is his son, Jesus. He came and died on a cross for the sins of the world and who rose again came into new life that you might know the wealth of God his son Jesus Christ eternal life if you'll submit to him and allow him to make your paths straight so even this morning just before we close our service perhaps you're here and you're saying Dave I, I need to get right with God today I need to give up ownership of my life and take on stewardship again and recognize that he gives me these gifts of life. That's you just as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Is there somebody here this morning? Say, Dave, I need to get right with God today. just want you to slip up your hand where you are and say, Dave, that's me. Yeah, I see. Thank you. 
God bless you. Put your hand down. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Please put your hand down. Yeah, that's great. Bless you. I see you. Father, just pray for those, Lord, who, Lord, are just receiving you this morning. Lord, the wealth of your eternal life. Lord, who are hearing that call to be sons and daughters afresh today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, have given us, Lord, life, and that life is in your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we just receive your word today. Lord, we hear it. Lord, we've laughed about it. Lord, we've reflected on it. Lord, we've been challenged about it. Lord, it's your word. It's teaching us something about how we live. Lord, help us to live, Lord, as stewards. Lord, Lord, who take what you've given us and use it for your glory, Lord, that we might please you with our lives, Lord, that we might, Lord, secure, Lord, uh, Lord, uh, Lord, eternal progress, Lord. Lord, increase in your kingdom, Lord, because of how we live. Lord, that we might share in your happiness today. Pray for those who've responded to you. Lord, bless them today. In Jesus' name.